I guess. So we will go into worship soon. We're going to get some sweet keys in the background. Shout out to Toby. I got three things that we're going to talk about during this extended worship Sunday. And these three points are really all around uh, aspects of worship. And it's to be still, to behold, and to become. And when I've been praying into this morning, that's the resounding theme that I felt just time and time again about what God wants to do. is to be still, to behold, and to become. And God's ultimate desire for us, the children of God, is to become like Him. That's His heart. That's His desire. That we would become like Him. And to do that, these three things kind of allow us to grow into that thing. So when we are still, we can clear out everything else besides Him to just focus on Him. And when we are just focusing on, focusing on Him, we behold Him in His glory. And when we behold Him, we begin to understand His, his nature his demeanor, his behaviors. And when we behold him, we start to become like him. Second Corinthians 3.18 And we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So let's, uh, let's be transformed more into his glory, more into his image this morning. Amen. And let me start with just be, be still. So the first thing we're going to focus on is being still. And I think a beautiful example of the power of stillness is in Mark chapter 4. Pull that up too. This has so much power in it. So this is when Jesus calms the storm. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And when they woke him, they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Ah! <laughs> And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the seas, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? I think the disciples did what I would do. <laughs> I don't know about you. But if a boat's sinking, I'm going to try to figure it out. <laughs> so the boat's sinking. They woke up their leader to alert him of the problem, of the chaos. And he wasn't in the same mental state that they were in. There was problems, there was chaos, there was something that was pressing, there was a pressing matter. Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. I don't think he ever broke connection with his father. And his father was peaceful. And that, that place of him being able to be at rest is the very thing that empowered him to have the faith to calm the storm that he was in. 
And when we're in worship, we can have all these storms going on in our head. I think there's always some kind of storm that we're in, big or small. There can be a storm of worry. We can be, uh, there's always something that we've got to figure out, something that needs to be done on the house, something that's coming up that's pressing that we got to get done. There's worry of, there's, there's a storm of boredom. Sometimes we'll be in worship and the thing that's the storm for us is just boredom. But peace be still. Be still. And now, I know that I'm just saying this and there's not much of a how to how to be still in worship. There's not much of how do I do this. And the, the biggest thing that I could say is, like Jesus, when he, he gave thanks, when he broke the bread and he had five loaves of fish, or five loaves and two fish, and he fed 5,000, he was able to do that by giving thanks to the bread. He gave thanks to the bread. And so let's all do this. If you guys want to start switching the mode to listening to me and start paying attention to him, start to clear out your mind of everything besides him. And think about what he has done in your life. Think about what God has done. Think about those five loaves. Think about those two fish. Meditate on what he has done and give thanks. Be happy. Bless what he has done. And when you bless what he has done, it will increase and multiply so that he will begin to do more and more. And that begins easier and easier to stay in a place of being still. So let's be still and give thanks and go back and worship. Be still, behold, become. So when we behold him, we acknowledge and gaze upon his glory. This is what we're made for. We're made to glorify him. Just to sit there in the place where we just recognize that he is king of kings. He is lord of lords. He is the perfect father. He's the savior of all. He's the author and the creator. Matthew 17. And six days after Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves, he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to him Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So Jesus and a select mountain disciples went with him and Moses up on a mountain and Moses and Elijah met with him. And this is an incredibly important moment, this moment right here, because this represented the law being represented by Moses and the prophets represented by Elijah being fulfilled by Christ 
being transfigured and showing in all of his glory. In such an incredible moment in time, like, man, if we could pay to see a highlight reel on that one, right? That'd just be amazing to see. That'd be the coolest hangs ever, you know, if you could sit at any table. And, uh, and Peter, he gets noted in the Bible sometimes for the funniest reasons. You know, the stuff, like, it'd be funny to see all the things that it's said about Peter, especially in the Gospels. Um, because Peter did some, definitely something that I would do as well. You know, something's going on, and Peter's like, ooh, I gotta do something. We got Jesus, we got Elijah, we got Moses. Okay, let's do something. What, what should we do? Let's, uh, let's build some tents. Let's make this moment last. We'll hang out. It's also called tabernacles. It's like, okay, let's hang out and chill with Moses and Elijah. We got this. How's he going to build a tent, by the way? We didn't talk about that. (laughs) I often feel like Peter when I'm in the presence of God. And there's moments in worship where just like Jesus, who was God, was always there with Peter, John, and James. There's a, a moment where you feel that God does something different. And there's moments like that in worship. The Holy Spirit's always here. But it doesn't mean that he can't move. And when he moves, sometimes I get uncomfortable. Sometimes, like, God will start to do something, and and I'll be attached for it for a second. Like, God, you're so good, you're so holy, and I'll be attached to that. But then there's something in me that, like, feels like i got to do something. Do you guys ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like sometimes when worship's getting really good and you're really starting to connect, it's like, yes, but you can only stay there for so long. And I think it's normal for us. And we start to try to think of something to do. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When we begin to behold him, that's definitely the time when you acknowledge his presence. When you're in that place in worship, where you feel his glory and his greatness, that is the time for your words to stop and for your ears to open and to just behold him and to listen, to hear him speak over you. God loves y'all so much and he has amazing things to say to you. Sometimes I'm worshiping, he just says, I'm proud of you. And that's it. That's all I need to hear. So let's just behold him. Let's go back in. Let's behold him. God, we love you. 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 I thank you that at any moment, you can completely turn our life upside down. speaking with play it out like you know you didn't miss be stilling if you didn't be still in the beginning you didn't miss beholding if you forgot if you didn't behold in this last part <laughs> all these things can happen in one instant I think of Saul in Acts chapter 9 Saul the terrorist murder on his mind, just thinking about finding all the Christians and ending what he thought to be a terrible thing. And then in an instant, he saw the glory of Jesus. In one instant, 
his life was completely changed. When he first saw Jesus, he didn't see him. He's too bright and he's too brilliant. But he calls the one that he could not see Lord because he knew it was Lord. And in that one moment, his whole entire life was changed. Back to Second Corinthians three eighteen. This parallel has always blown my mind. So Second Corinthians three eighteen, we already read this, and we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of God and being transformed into the same image from one degree to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. This is Paul writing in 2 Corinthians. This is Paul. Well after the time that Jesus was transfigured. When the word is used for Jesus being transfigured, that same word for transfigured is also the same word for transformed. And here in 2 Corinthians. what God did on the outside, what Jesus did outwardly, he wants to do with you inwardly. He wants you to have a transformed mind that is bright white, shining like the sun, shining with holiness, shining with goodness. That's his heart for you. have a transformed mind. What a transformed mind looks like is realizing, is coming to the, the place and, and really letting your mind be in a place where it knows and it, it, it's been transformed so it doesn't believe that you have a rival because you're hidden in Christ and he has no rival. A transformed mind knows that there's no lack because your mind has been transformed into the image of Christ and God has never known lack. There's not been one moment that God has ever experienced the thought of lack. He reigns with no rival and no evil. And to do all these things, we need to do one thing with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the same image from one degree, from glory to glory, from glory to glory. God, let our minds be transformed into your image. Let us have a transform, a renewed mind. And let it happen by encountering you, by beholding you, God. Let us see how you are, your nature, your demeanor. This is how you are, God. Let us see the way you love So just by being near you, we will be transformed into your image. Moses, he went up to the mountain, and he came down with his face shining bright. Us, our spirits, our bodies, our minds, God, let that happen to us. Let our spirits be bright when we leave church today. 
And God, let me be being still and beholding and becoming not something that we reserve for a Sunday, God. But God, let every single day that we live, let it let us make moments for you to just be still and behold you, God. There's moments in nature where we can be still and behold him just by gazing upon nature. Countless times my kids will show me a glimpse of the nature of God because his fingerprints are all over them. Check out all the things and check out the art in the back on your way out. And you'll have a great Sunday.